Well, well. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. We're at minute 43 of Flash Gordon Minute. Eric, how you doing? Uh, I'm only doing so-so, Brad. You know, we talked yesterday about how it was tough last week, you know, not, not getting to see you. I've been trying to manage without you, and I've been trying to manage without you last week, trying to manage without you since we signed off yesterday, and I just I really haven't been able to do so. It's uh Well, you know what? You, you got a lot of me yesterday. It, it was a good episode. It was a marathon episode uh, because we were just really picking apart. But So you're going to get more of me. And even better, we have a fantastic guest still with us today, Travis Bowe. Travis, how are you? Doing awesome now. I, I got, got a chance to get some sleep and, and watch some cartoons and get some of those dark images from yesterday out of my uh, out of my head. Wait, what, what, what's the what, what's the cartoon of choice you're watching right now? Uh, you can't go wrong with a little uh, Batman the animated series. Oh yes, that is that is uh, very true. That is a great series. I just recently rewatched the Mad Love episode of uh, Batman the animated series and. Uh, Eric, have you ever seen this episode? No, I don't know if I've ever even seen Batman the Animated Series. Oh, do yourself a favor and give it a, give it a look. If you have uh, Amazon Prime, yeah, I do. Okay, then they have like the entire series. Okay, uh, available. The only downside to that Mad Love episode is that it was part of the like the newer like Batman and Robin adventures, and so it was in the newer style and not the like the first generation style of batman the animated series but it's still a fantastic episode really great stuff and uh it was the origin story of harley quinn and uh just very cool very um just incredibly deep um something you don't expect from a cartoon and they had a handful of those episodes i also saw the last episode of that i guess they call it the 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 tim universe because it was uh was it bruce tim yes was sort of the creative overseer of that. And the last episode of, I guess it was Justice League Unlimited or something like that. And it was the very last episode in that world. And it a really amazing episode, uh, like in via flashback, showing uh, Batman and a young woman who was like a bad guy with these incredible powers who was passing away. And uh, it, really fantastic stuff. Is that called Leg- Legacy, I think? Is that that one's called maybe that sounds right something like that but yeah highly recommended eric if you have it if you have the means you should uh, catch it it's uh, excellent stuff i will i will you know you know i'm i'm a bit beholden these i'm a bit beholden these days to uh the cartoons my kids watch oh it's totally uh kid i mean i don't know how old your kids are oh no it's all oh, they they love batman and comics and stuff like that so that you know just that specific one they haven't uh gotten into though i gotta ask what's their favorite cartoon right now uh let's see uh there's a lot of spongebob uh there's a lot of teen titans go um the loud house 
my kids, it's been a lot of trolls. The cartoon series is on Netflix, which is pretty bad, and uh, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, I watched garbage cartoons when I was little, so I can't complain. <laughs> uh, and they also like, and I've mentioned it before on this show, uh, they also watch a lot of Phineas and Ferb, which is excellent. Yeah, that is a good show. I don't even have kids, and I've watched you know a fair amount of that. So. Yeah, yeah, very good stuff. All right, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about more <laughs> minute forty-three of Flash Gordon. Eric, what happens in minute forty-three? Well, uh, we were introduced to a new character last week, and um, I skipped over my big introduction of her uh, because we were uh, dealing with um, so much else going on. So we can do it now. We have Kala, uh, another villain who entered last week, and, and she's she's back this minute. Um, now, interestingly enough, in the original comic strip, this is not at all what Kala was. Kala was a man, first of all, and was the king of the shark men from the undersea kingdom of Mongo. So they completely changed the character, basically took the name and nothing else, and created this new character for the movie. I think that's a good move. First off, you don't need shark people in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be hard to make them look right and plus then you're dealing with underwater characters and uh, it's hard enough to do underwater characters now Right. but then in 1979 to 1980 it would have looked terrible yeah. absolutely she's got a great look um, yeah the actress what is it uh, Mariangela Malato yeah. an Italian actress um, just her eyes are very severe um, she reminds me of Sarah Douglas from Superman 2. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Ursa. And mm-hmm. she was like a evil queen in Conan the Destroyer. So kind of a blend of those two characters. Um, actually, this, this whole movie sort of reminds me of Conan the Destroyer in terms of like just the way they, they use their budget and their effects and filming and obviously the uh, Dino... De Laurentiis uh, connection. So, I'm just really fascinated by uh, Mariangela. Very severe looking, is great costume, very eye-catching. And then I looked her up, and the image pops up of her on Wikipedia. Stunningly beautiful woman. Yeah. And very young. And she was much younger than I thought she was when I first saw this. Uh, and we talked briefly about it last week, where I think I was the only one who was surprised how young she was, but I because of the way she. No, I thought so oh, okay. too. Yeah, I thought so too. I'll have to I'll have to check the tape again. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, uh, yeah, remove that in post. Really beautiful and uh, yeah, not given a whole lot to do, but damn, she makes a she she rings every bit out of this few uh, the the few lines she has. Yeah, yeah, and. Um... Unfortunately, she's one of the few cast members who's not with us anymore. She died back in 2013. Um, and I, I, I saw various uh, uh, comments online that this movie did very well in Italy, specifically because she and Ornella Muti, two Italian actresses, were in the movie. Mm. Oh, my God. So basically, all the women in Italy are beautiful is what we're, what we're getting <laughs> from this. But, you know, I like I, I liked that we get a female villain in this movie because... Um, you know, Travis mentioned Ursa, Sarah Douglas from Superman 2. And, you know, before the 90s, there really were not a lot of female villains in sci-fi superhero genre movies that that had male leads. You know, there was Ursa. Um, you had briefly at the end of Ghostbusters, you had Gozer was a woman. 
Um, you had in um, uh, uh, the movie Willow, there was uh, like an evil queen. Uh, Blade Runner, of course, had some of the some of the you know replicants were women. Uh, going way back into the nineteen you know twenties, you had the movie Metropolis with the evil female robot. But you know, in in the science fiction superhero genre, you really didn't get female villains. So even though her character is she's she's kind of third in line in the villains behind Ming and Clytus, she has a bigger role later a little bit later on in the movie. It was just just good. I'm glad that they they made this uh, gender switch. Yeah, it's it's. And I think there's just a psychology that producers or Hollywood would have a tough time believing that people would um, accept a a female villain. I mean, unless it was Grace Jones, uh, who, who played <laughs> yeah. one or two bad guys, and but just because Grace Jones has a great mix of beautiful and terrifying, and that hasn't it's taken a while for that to go to go away, and I don't think it has completely yet. I know there, I was just reading an article about um, Iron, the third Iron Man movie. Yep, absolutely. I know what you're going to say. Yep. Yeah, I was just thinking of that. Yeah. Originally, my understanding is originally the bad guy was going to be uh, what's the actress name? Rebecca Hall. Yeah, Rebecca Hall. She was originally going to be the bad guy, and we actually sort of watched the movie after hearing that it's oh it makes sense she should be a perfect bad guy for this film but the producers didn't think people would buy her as you know being thre- threatening or challenging to iron man it's like what actually a lot of it was they didn't think they would buy her toy it was marketing uh, also it's that ike perlmutter said that you know gr- uh, toys based on female characters don't sell <sighs> it's just heartbreaking yeah yeah we just rewatched that uh Fairly recently, because we're going through all the Marvel movies, uh, you know, leading up to Infinity War, and yeah, it, she gets you know taken out kind of middle of the second act, and it's just very unceremonious and and like a, a real waste. So yeah, and it's a shame. Very excellent actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she could have pulled it off. It's a an issue that. I think they're trying to work on it um, because of the success with the Wonder Woman film. And where, it, although that had a male bad guy, but, you know, you still had a female lead character who sold plenty of toys. And uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, a movie that we come back to several times, having Hela as the villain. And, you know, that certainly, I think that movie made its money back. Um, so the, the, hopefully there's, it's, we're getting out of that philosophy. But, uh, yeah, it was it was rare to have a, a female bad guy, and especially although they did a lot to downplay her looks, but they didn't turn, they didn't have it as the old crone. They very could have easily had like some futuristic take on what they later did in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where you had the decrepit old woman who was you know, basically a witch doctor. So what's what's next in this minute, Eric? Well, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about my love of Clytus. And, you know, Peter Wingard, he, you know, he played a suave dude in a lot of the things he did in his career. And in his personal life, he had a really suave reputation. And, oh, we got a real suave move here that I feel like they stuck this in just to accommodate his reputation. Takes Kala's chin and says, will you be able to manage without me? And she just says, I'll try. But it's just her I'll try is just so 
contemptuous, but I, I just love the the holding of the chin. <laughs> I I love Clytus as well. His the voice is perfect, and I actually really love the way that that his performance actually comes through, even though he's got this you know pretty stiff uh, mask on. Um, just a perfect voice for it. So uh, he's he kind of it kind of looks like a gold version of what a Dr. Doom mask, if they'd made, you know, like a Fantastic Four movie at, at this point. I know they you know did a couple of years later, but um, kind of reminds me of that. And then oddly, like he, he's kind of the Darth Vader of this movie in a way. If you think of like Ming as more like the emperor and never really gets his hands dirty that much. So it's Clytus that does all the dirty work and gets all the the great, you know, villainy lines and everything. So Yeah, yeah. Darth Vader and Doctor Doom have both been mentioned by multiple okay. previous guests. Absolutely. Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. You were you were right on point. Great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. Um yeah, it was it was sort of out of nowhere. Um I, I know they him just it, it, it looks so odd Clytus touching her. Yeah. <laughs> um because they did address the fact that uh, Clytus wanting Aura all to himself, and so obviously he is a character with uh, desires, but not, up to this point it doesn't really seem like a physical character, and just, uh, I, I don't think it would have surprised me if he had gone the entire movie without touching anyone, but no, he, he, he made that little bit of contact, and uh, I, I don't think... And it didn't certainly didn't seem like it was welcome because, uh, as you mentioned, her saying, you know, I'll try. And then the first thing she does once he leaves is he tells her, you know, don't, you know, d- don't go above level three. And she's like, yeah, well, let's try level six. And I don't think that's because of uh, any distaste that she particularly had towards Zarkov. She just did it because, you know, screw him. I'll show him. It's funny as we were talking about this and I've got it kind of frozen on the image where he does have his hand on her chin and I'm getting a very strong um, Skeletor and Evil Lynn vibe from the <laughs> two of them that I never would have like thought about before. But She would have made a great Evil Lynn. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. She looks just like her now that yeah. you mention it. The eyes, uh, the headdress, um, the way she carries herself. So, yeah, that's a good call out. I think it sort of spoiled what was next, but Gladys, he's uh, a little flirty, moves on, and, uh, you know, she's, uh, Kyle's not going to, she's three, that's, you know, he can handle more than three, and uh, I'm trying to think of thinking back, and it's so hard, this movie's been around for so long, and obviously, uh, spoiler alert, kids, we we know Zarkov's going to be fine. But when you see this movie for the first time, you know, do you think he's going to survive this? Or is this the end of the Zarkov character? The next time we see him, he's just this brain-dead, um, you know, zombie. Or, you know, uh, Eric, do you, can you think of that? Can you remember if you really thought this was the end of Zarkov? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't remember that. Um... But, you know, in looking at it now, I think that, you know, I don't know how familiar the movie-going audience in 1980 
would have been with you know the the original comic strip and, and and the story behind it and i think that if you're not familiar with it you know like i wasn't i mean i was five years old when i saw this in the movie theater i think that you might think that you know he's been brainwashed and you know that they're going to use him against him i mean that's a pretty common thing i mean we've got that in the avengers movies now <laughs> hawkeye's brainwashed in the first avengers hulk is brainwashed in the second avengers so I think that that could have been a le- maybe a legitimate fear for a first-time viewer that, you know, he's now, they're not going to know he's brainwashed and, and somehow Ming's going to use him against Flash. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good call. Travis, what, when we sort of skip by this, and we usually, this is something we ask our uh, guests um, earlier when uh, during their runs, but what was your relationship with uh, this film um, before, before now? Um... Uh, Practically nothing. Um, I only saw Flash Gordon for the first time about a year ago, maybe maybe between a year and two years. Um, so, uh, and that's the only time I've I'd seen this movie um, until till you know going back through it for in preparation for this. So, what what caused you to watch it a year ago? Um, so on my other podcast on Real Comic Heroes, we go through uh, comic book and other geeky movies like chronologically. So we had this on our list, and so it was just time to to prepare for it. It was it, it was Flash Gordon time. Yeah, yeah, and so we, you know, uh, both uh, my partner on that show, Patrick, he, I, I forget if he had any experience with it before or. If it was new to him as well, I, th- I think he had. I feel like it was new for both of us, and uh, yeah, so we he enjoyed it more than I did. Um, we we rate our movies out of five, and he, I think he gave it a three, and I gave it like a two. Um, Ooh, it ouch! Was, you know, I didn't love it the first time. I had some fun with it. Um, I think I was because I didn't have any nostalgic, you know, feelings towards it. It was, you know, essentially just a uh, a brand new entity to me. It's a weird movie to watch the first time, especially where they don't make comic book movies like this any currently. We've talked before where this movie was uh, written by one of the Batman uh, 60 Batman series from the 60s and it falls pretty in line with that it's you know a bigger budget and um, but you know the the campiness the over-the-topness the bright colors so when you look at compare that you know you compare this movie to the Batman show of the 60s and then you compare that to the Batman movies of now where this you know weird hyper reality stuff uh, where it's you know grim and gritty it's it's a weird, it's a weird movie in you know modern context. Uh, but you know, it, but it sort of sounds like you, you didn't, you sort of didn't, it didn't win you over the first viewing, but you've sort of have developed appreciation for it. For sure, especially you know, go, uh, especially with this format and getting to look at it, you know, this uh, minutia, you know, of looking at this scene like I, I've really enjoyed this um, and especially the the minutes that I get here um, but I think overall for the the movie as a whole I just especially the first time I saw it I just kept wondering the whole time like what were they trying to accomplish you know were they aiming for campy and silly with like with scenes you know in the 
uh, throne room where where a football you know <laughs> game just just <laughs> happens. Like scenes like that don't really fit with so much of the uh, the rest of the movie, especially scenes like this where we're getting you know images of Hitler. It's, it's like is it supposed to be a fun? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Is it supposed to be a fun movie, or is, is it? Are they legitimately trying to make like a, you know, a sci-fi flick? And it, I don't know. Everything from a lot of the production, it just feels like it's a movie from the '80s, but it's has all the look and feel of the '70s with like '60s production value. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, we've talked a lot, um, okay. you know, in, with pre- in previous weeks about how the director, Mike Hodges, literally every day when he came to the set, you know, he was making it up as he went along. He sure. was brought in late in the process. He, he, you know, there was a lot of improv. He he readily admitted that he just really didn't know what he was doing, just showing up every day and like, all right, let's see what we can do. Uh, the script, you know, as we said, was written by Lorenzo Semple, who had a lot of credits on the old Batman show and in putting it together um it was like he wasn't sure whether whether to go with it in you know a campy style or a serious yeah. style and and that they were bouncing back and forth even within the script so yeah you know i mean it, it certainly could come across like that but it's, it's a movie that has uh, some tone changes um yeah but obviously we love it so and there's there's a lot of good stuff about it i i love um when they you know i love arborea i love the production design there um, I was really blown away by the um, the way they had like matte paintings in the back, and then the the you know trees that they built and stuff like that, and kind of a an odd blending of where the matte painting ends and the you know where the trees end and the matte painting begins, and obviously the music is you know pretty outstanding. So yeah, very true. Yeah, there's a lot to like about it, and that stuff like the the throne room and this the costuming, like they they put some money into it, and it's impressive. Speaking of costuming, that sort of leads us into, um, you know, as we're getting towards the end of the minute and, uh, you know, she's callous turning it up to six. We sort of hear some screaming sounds uh, as Zarkov. Yeah, that's some scream from Zarkov. Uh, Uh, And then we switch over to back on the ship with Aura and Flash. Everyone looking real good in their red costumes. They, uh, they, they, they. They dress these guys well. Yeah, we get like one second of of, uh, of a teaser of what we'll be uh, getting deep into next week. Uh, uh, tomorrow, I mean. Well, R is just stunningly beautiful. And yeah. uh, just that eye-catching red. And it's just a real rich color. We keep saying that they had a lot of great, you know, bunch of her costumes. But I tell you what, they did not, like... Spare no expense when it came to the amount of material they were going to dress her in, because that is snug. <laughs> uh, I wanted to, there was one more uh, thing I wanted to uh, touch on uh, back in the mind wipe room. Uh, the guy that that uh, Kala orders uh, to put it at level six, and he's like level six, and it just struck me as like, oh, it's it's a fascist with a conscience. He just probably didn't want to like you know sweep up uh, bits of uh, you know earth scientist brain off the floor. <laughs> he just cleaned it. Yeah, it's like, gosh. Do, do you guys have who is who plays that guy? Uh, not him. No. Okay. I I can look it up while we're talking, though. Well, I th- wasn't sure if it's uh, if it's the battle room controller played by Graham Crowther. 
I wasn't sure if that was this guy or, or it was hard to find who played this guy. But I did find one site that showed, you know, the image of the of the person from the scene and then who played them. And I think it's Graham. Yeah, I'm on that uh, I'm on that website right okay. now. Um, so let's see. There's his face there. And uh, while you chat, let me take a look. And uh... if it's Graham, then he is a very prolific uh, stuntman. That is definitely him. Absolutely. OK, that is him. Yep. Like even as recent as he was in Avengers Age of Ultron doing stunts. He was in like some of the later Harry Potter movies. And then he goes back to, you know, these movies. And he was uh, Val Kilmer's stunt double in uh, Willow. Guy's got a like, 30 years worth of uh, stunt work. Man, the, the only thing more dangerous than being Val Kilmer's stunt double is being someone who has to act against Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice career. Good lord, stuntman's no joke. He was in uh, Temple of Doom and and Last Crusade as the uh, um, the guy on the Zeppelin that like confronts uh, Indy, like the waiter on the Zeppelin. Oh, no, no ticket. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm just gonna come on and say it, and this uh, I think there's a decent amount of people who feel the same. I'm uh, I'm gonna say that Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade, the best of the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, oh, come on. Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of the best <laughs> movies ever made. I enjoy Raiders of the Lost Ark very much. But what was funny is that I felt like they didn't realize what they had when they made that movie. So, so many of the things that you think of when it comes to Raiders of the Lost Ark, all the, uh, it, it, or when it comes with Indiana Jones, the hat, the bullwhip, um, the satchel, like all those great things tied together with him to make that look. They didn't even realize how good they had it. So you realize that the last third of the movie, Indiana Jones isn't wearing the hat, doesn't have the bullwhip. He he was actually wearing like a, a Nazi soldier's desert gear because he had to change outfits. It's like, oh, it just seems weird that he's in the last scene and he's not wearing the hat. And I I I love Raiders. I mean, Raiders is a really important movie. But I, 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 I'm, I'm going to give my uh, thumbs up to, I'm going to give the nod to uh, Last Crusade. I love Last Crusade. Yeah, I do too. But I, I definitely, Raiders definitely is a little higher on my list. But I, I grew up more with Last Crusade. But definitely over the you know, last couple of years, I've, I've revisited Raiders quite a few times. And, and then very recently, Rewatched uh, Last Crusade in preparation for uh, the newest season of uh, Indiana Jones Minute. So to follow along with them, and it's it is a really good movie. It's I definitely like it better than Temple of Doom, but it's for me, it's not. Uh, it's just not better than Raiders. Yeah. Hey, no. You know what? I, you know what? I think we all can agree on is which is the worst of the four Indiana Jones. <laughs> we we're not going to speak its name. Just I'm not even going to say his name. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's Crystal Skull. We Everyone was so excited about you. <laughs> now we have Indy, Indy 5 to worry about. Uh, yeah. That's for the Indiana Jones guys to worry about. Yeah, let the Indiana Jones Minute guys <laughs> worry about that one. Well, uh, it's been another fun minute, and Travis, we uh, greatly appreciate it. We're having a great time. You're going to come back tomorrow, right? Definitely. All right, uh, you talked yesterday about Watchmen Minute, and uh, we highly recommend that show. But uh, y- y- 
like me, you're doing double duty. Uh, what's, what's the other sh- your your other podcast? Yeah, uh, Real Comic Heroes, uh, Real with two E's, and then like I said uh, a little earlier on that show, we just revisit uh, comic book and geeky movies. We've done uh, Indiana Jones. We've got all all of the uh, James Bond movies on our list. Uh, we've done Planet of the Apes and Star Trek and Star Wars and but yeah, we we go through chronologically and currently. At least as of this recording, we are in the in the sweet spot of the '80s. Uh, we just did Evil Dead Two. Um, we're coming up on Predator. Uh, we've got Batman '89 coming up in a few. You know, it, it it's in the near future. So such a fun time for action movies. It was you had uh, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and Willis uh, each. Uh, coming into their own ridiculous movies uh, with uh, you know just big loud action and uh, yeah it, and I love the Marvel movies but action movies have been taken over by superhero films and I, I I wouldn't be upset with a little more variety if you could have one or two more ten poles and also be fun to have an action star and that beast doesn't quite exist in the same way as it did because people people were excited every year to see what the Arnold movie was going to be. I don't think anyone has that sort of title anymore. There, there's no action star that you want to see their movie every year. Um, you know, hey, I love Chris Pratt, but if, if Chris Pratt isn't in a, a Guardians of the Galaxy movie or a Jurassic World movie... I don't know if the interest is there yet. He he needs to film. He it just you could just put Arnold in a movie and people would go and see it. See, I would say that The Rock is is this time period's Arnold equivalent because he is in like three movies a year. It seems like I mean, did what Rampage, Jumanji, uh, I mean the Fast and Furious movies, and then he's got that skyscraper one coming out. I think this year like. Dude, he get, he gets work, <laughs> and it's, yeah, he might be the guy. You're right. He he's he he and he's such a throwback with his look and the way he performs. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Eric, where, where can people find out more about uh, Flash Gordon Minute? You can come and chat with us on Facebook, Flash Gordon Minute Listeners Vortex, and try to convince me because I don't think I've ever seen a rock movie ever in my entire life. So convince me uh, to go see a rock movie. Wow. Yes. I, I'm sitting here thinking about it as you guys are talking about him. I don't think I've ever seen a movie with The Rock in it. He, he's charming. He... Yeah, yeah. He's uh, uh, Rock wrote a biography. It was terrible. But uh, <laughs> uh, but he's and it was before he was really starting to act. He had just been in the thir- the second Mummy movie and I think may may have done The Scorpion King. He said, it's like, am I ever going to win an Oscar? He's like, no, probably not. But it's like, can I be Arnold Schwarzenegger but you like but but you want him to get the girl? It's like maybe I could be, and that's sort of what he became. Where he's he, he's an action star, but he can also do a little bit more romantic lead stuff, which was never Arnold's thing. Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah, you should give it a shot. We'll, we'll have to. I did see his episode of Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> okay, well that was he didn't quite have his mojo yet. <laughs> Uh, we're also on Twitter, Flash Gordon Pod, and we've got an email address, Flash Gordon Minute 
at gmail.com. All right, uh, ask everyone to kindly give us their ratings for reviews on iTunes. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, check out check out Travis's shows too, and give them ratings and reviews. Everyone, ratings and reviews for everybody. Um, you know, this has been another great day. Looking forward to tomorrow. But uh, uh Eric, I, I just don't know what I'm gonna do. Ugh. The kids got very excited when we were going to move because there was discussion that we were going to get a new cat when we moved into the new house. And now all I hear about is the new cat. It's like, we're going to get a new cat. We're going to get a new cat. What are we going to name a new cat? A new cat. A new cat. A cat. A cat. cat. And uh, you know what? I, I, I don't need a new cat. We already have a cat. We already have a dog. And I'm thinking to put my foot down. Uh, the problem is I'm pretty sure if I do that tomorrow, I'm going to step on the new cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, here – okay, so – I, I understand because when I was a kid and we moved into our new house, my sister got a cat and I wanted a dog and my parents didn't want a dog. So they bribed me. They said, we'll take you to Toys R Us, which soon, rest in peace, and we'll give you $100 and just run through the aisles with your $100 and get what you want. And, and in, in exchange, are you willing to not get a dog? And I said, sold. So if you're concerned about it, go ask Flash for some money. Throw it at your kids, get in the toys, and then you can know Flash saved you from your dilemma. Attention listeners! You can follow us on Twitter at FlashGordonPod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute. So what I believe you were trying to say is thank you. Thank you? You're welcome. What? No, no, no. I, I didn't. I wasn't. Why would I ever say <laughs> okay, that? I, okay. mean... <laughs> I see what's happening, yeah. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange. You don't even know how you feel. It's adorable. Well, it's nice to see that humans never change. Open your eyes, let's begin. Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in. I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod. When you're staring at a demigod, what can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demigod. Hey, what has two thumbs and pulled up the sky? When you were waddling, yay, hide this guy. When the nights got cold, who stole you fire from down below? <laughs> Looking at him, yo. Oh, also I lasso the sun. You're welcome to stretch your days and bring you fun. Also I harness the breeze. You're welcome to fill your sails and shake your trees. So what can I say except you're welcome? For the islands I pulled from the sea There's no need to pray, it's okay You're welcome, ha! I guess it's just my way of being me You're welcome, you're welcome Well, come to think of it Kid, honestly, I could go on and on I could explain every natural phenomenon The tide, the grass, the ground Oh, that was Maui just messing around I killed an eel, I buried its guts Sprouted a tree, now you got coconuts What's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway And the tapestry here in my skin Is a map of the victories I win Look where I've been, I make everything happen Look at that, me, mini Maui Just look at that, 
go. Come on, come. Well, come to think of it, I gotta go. Hey, hey it's hey, your day to hey, say hey, you're welcome. Because I'm gonna need that boat. Hey, I'm sailing away, away. You're welcome. Because my weekend do everything but float. Hey, you're welcome. 